Hello and welcome to Akeem's Dream Show, hosted by yours truly, Akeem the Dream. And today we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting, the cure for apathy. What? Intermittent fasting and apathy? Please explain. Well, that's why we're here, man. Just uh, that's why we're here, baby. So, hmm, intermittent fasting, apathy. What does that mean? Well, apathy, when I think of apathy, when you think of apathy, what is apathy the opposite of? When you're apathetic, that means you're not motivated. So this is this is really the show about motivation, how to get and stay motivated. And I'm going to tie it back. So motivation, what is the end? What is the engine of uh, persistence and action? Like, how do you? What do you think it is in humans? Like, what makes somebody persistent? What makes somebody take action? Like, what is a person who is apathetic? What do they lack? It comes down to one word. Hunger. What is your appetite for doing shit? What is your appetite for moving, for going, for getting your ass out of bed, for taking the first step? You know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, said some wise philosopher. I think it was J.R. Toking or, or who knows, some probably some ancient Chinese guy. But the whole point is you need to be hungry. And I'm talking metaphorically speaking now. But here's the thing. Our physiology is often linked to our psychology. And it is extremely hard to be hungry when you're constantly full, literally and figuratively. My belief is that physical hunger precedes and causes figurative hunger. You will be physically hungry, which will lead to your literal hunger. Okay? And your literal hunger will, ter- will cause to your psychological hunger. In a, i.e. your ambition. You will become more ambitious once you become hungry. Physically hungry. If you were more hungry physically, I think your ambition will come back. I have a question for you. When was the last time you were actually hungry? Especially in North America. We are, we are fed up. We are not fed up angry. I'm talking fed to the brink. The most gluttonous question ever asked in a restaurant was, do you have room for dessert? Do you have any room for dessert? Do you have any room in your gluttonous bile of a <laughs> of a stomach in that esophagus so we could jam more <laughs> pie down or cheesecake? Do you have any room? Do you have any room? Is there any chance, any 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 microcosm of a chance of a sliver that you might be hungry? Come on. Come on, you can do it, Johnny. Get a pie. Get an apple fritter with a vanilla ice cream scoop on it. We'll heat it up for you. So if you really think about this question the last time you were hungry, I don't mean hungry like it's been four hours since you ate. I mean like you're actually starving. You know, around the world, eating three meals a day is, is pretty normal. It's business as usual, right? You know, for and don't even, don't, we're not even counting the snacks. Man, we are professional snackers. You know, we yearn for nothing. Our needs are satisfied. We're good, fat, and happy. That should be the logo of North America. America, Canada. You know, Canada's like, oh, we're not the States. Trust me, we eat up here too. It gets cold. You need some insulation up here. But we don't eat because we're hungry. We, we eat because the clock tells us to, right? Or social events or because we're depressed or because we're bored. When, when you're fat and hungry, the fuel needed to stay motivated and reach your goals is running on empty. The fuel to stay ambitious is running on low. Being physically full means that your motivation to achieve is, is probably running on fumes, like if you're lucky. Most people who 
eat all the time and they're ambitious probably because they have a chip on their shoulder. And it might be because of what I'm about to say next. Every life has three stages. Sometimes you start in the middle. Sometimes you start at the end. Most people start at the beginning and it's survival, contentment, and abundance. Survival mode is what most people are familiar with. I'm very familiar with this stage of life. It's where you're living hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, treading water, barely keeping your head above the waves, so on and so forth. You get what I'm saying. Food is not always guaranteed and the bills stack up. And sometimes you go to bed hungry. Have you ever gone to bed hungry in your entire life? You learn some shit. I saw a meme on uh, social media a few years ago. And it said, <laughs> have you ever been so broke that you had uh, sleep for dinner? <laughs> I had, What'd you have last night for dinner, man? Oh, I had sleep. I couldn't afford food. And I laugh facetiously because it's funny, but it's not funny. But it is an advantage, and I'll tell you why. Because the people who are in survival mode are amongst some of the most motivated people on the face of the earth. Okay? People who are in survival mode do not need to watch a motivational YouTube video or get encouraged by the well-meaning friends. They're motivated. (laughs) Trust me. They're motivated to make money, to get out of survival mode. Many economists and social psychologists believe that the the, the contentment level of income especially North America, where your needs are met, your bills are paid, all your, all those issues are taken care of is around $77,000 a year. Okay. Give or take. That's the number where you feel comfortable to meet most of your needs. Okay. Your belly is, is about 90% full physically and metaphorically speaking. And your motivation will subside because your hunger is gone. What a coincidence. Most people who are content, they don't straw. I'm, I'm making generalizations here, but I have to. Most people who are content in life, they don't tend to strive extra hard because their their needs are met, right? People who are in survival mode, they're striving hard because they need to, they need to eat. Like uh, we watch NFL games. Uh, there's a there's sometimes the NFL does these mic'd up. They mic up the players, the football players on the field that have these mics. And one of the most common things you'll hear an NFL player say is, "Let's eat, let me eat." It's all cooking metaphors because these guys, a lot of these guys came from uh, poor backgrounds and now they're millionaires in the NFL, but they understood what got them there. The fire that got them there was literal hunger, was being in the hood and having rice or sleep for dinner. So they get it and they don't forget it. They remind themselves, maybe, maybe they're not aware of how like, how amazingly powerful that is. Let me eat. Let me eat, coach. I'm hungry. I've been hungry. I don't want to be hungry ever again. Let me eat. And the final stage, of course, is abundance, right? Where you're no longer thinking about money or food. Your belly is bursting at the seams and, you know, you don't remember the last time you were truly hungry, which is what I asked you earlier. I love the bit by uh, Louis C.K. Say what you will about Louis C.K. I know it's controversial, but he's a funny comedian, okay? He had this joke where he was going into the doctor's office and the doctor goes, so Lewis, uh, what's going on with your diet? Like, you know, when do you stop eating? Like uh, when you're 75% full, 80% full. And Lewis goes, stop eating when I'm full. I stop eating when I hate myself. And that is Amer- that is North America, right? And I, I can put myself in that category. I, I used to never stop when I was full. I would stop when I literally was like, hey, I can't move. Uh, I'm just going to say here, <laughs> uh, I, I hate myself. I can't eat. 
you were eight to the point where you hate yourself, uh, you might be struggling with ambition. So, uh, you know, the people who can be, who can get past the stage of contentment and into the stage of abundance and continue to be hungry their whole lives, I believe it's because they remember growing up poor or they remember being hungry and they keep that as a chip on their shoulder. They keep it as a mental advantage. And this brings me all the way back to the beginning to intermittent fasting. And this is Mr. Brown's prescription. I'm not a, well, I could be a doctor, but I don't have enough patience. But this is Mr. Brown's prescription. Okay. If you are content, this is in my infomercial. Okay. You're going to find me at two o'clock in the morning. Are you content, abundant, or in search of motivation? Here's what I prescribe. Intermittent fasting, i.e. starve yourself for a day. So this is what I would do first. If you are gluttonous to the point of bursting at the seams, consult with your doctor. But I would say, seriously consider starving yourself for a day. Maybe do it with somebody. Call me up. I'll do it with you. I, I fast every day. But do it. Okay, do it safely, but do it. You need to remember what it feels like to actually physically be hungry. Uh, especially if you're in a lot of two stages of life. And you probably won't call me to say, I, I need to starve myself for a day if I'm in the survival mode because I already, I'm doing that because I can't afford food. Okay. And I hope, and I know that that person, if they're, if they're really serious about getting out, I hope that they get help. I hope that someone can help them out or give them a handout or give them an opportunity so they can eat. But they, they, they're, they're ambitious. That's the point. They'll, they'll take care of things. The content person, the abundant person, that's another story. You probably have been full for a long time. So you need to starve yourself for a day. Perhaps you were born in the, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you were in the survival stage, but now you're in content and you're abundant. Or maybe you were born in the abundant stage. Maybe your parents were rich with the proverbial silver spoon in your mouth. Okay. And this all links back to the whole crux of this talk, which is when your body is hungry, so is your mind. Right. The hunger, the hunger hormone, which is known as ghrelin, when that when that bad boy ghrelin, uh, ghrelin, when that kicks in for the first time in years, really taking that experience, it'll be about eighteen to twenty hours into your fast. And, you know, while while you're in this state of true hunger, for the first time in years, maybe write your goals down, right? Commit to them. Think about what you want to actually do in your life, because it will be this serenity, this this this. Uh, this clarity where you're not thinking about food because it's really weird what happens when you fast. Like when I started intermittent fasting five years ago, the first week was the worst. The first two days were the worst. But then when I got used to it, my stomach got used to it. I used to love this and I still do to this day, this, this period of bliss you achieve when your body gets hungry and then it loses that hunger. So that, that ghrelin it, 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 it peaks because it's used to being you, you, it's like the Pavlov's, uh, uh, t- um, uh, response, right? You see that nine o'clock in the morning, you see that noon, you see at three o'clock or, or five o'clock, they're, they're emotional triggers. Time is an emotional trigger for eating. Oh, it's dinner time. It's noon. We got to eat. So when you, when you, when you stop responding to those Pavlov, those, uh, those emotional responses, your body has these, uh, it goes through an evolution, I think. And it might even be spiritual. Okay. I'm not going to go that far, but it, it probably is. And, uh, you you see you 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 re, you achieve this nirvana this bliss and you probably think I'm full of shit but just do it okay do it and then tell me I'm full of shit but I know I'm right because I've been doing this for five years where your body is just like clean you're bur- you're you're burning 
you get to a state of ketosis, right? Where you're using fat for energy instead of carbs, right? Or glycogen or glucose, right? Because when you're constantly eating, your body can never go into ketosis. So you're always going off of carbohydrates or glucose for energy, which is a fuel source that burns out, burns up quickly, which is why you need to eat every three hours. But if you're going off fat, fat burns slower. And if and it burns slower as a fuel source, which is good, it's more sustainable, it's cleaner. It's like a high octane fuel versus unleaded. You're going to get way more of a burn from uh, that uh, high octane. Uh, it's, it's like better grade gas for your body, the, the fuel sources. So intermittent fasting is great. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a 18 six split, so I, I won't eat for 18 hours, and uh, it's great. I, I've loved it. You know, I start I stop I break my fast at five o'clock every day, and I stop I stop eating at 11 or so. And you know, beyond being ambitious, getting your ambition back, you'll probably lose some weight, or your body will level out. You'll you lose a bit of that gut that's just full of gas all day because you're just constantly eating and shitting. I think, uh, you know, it might, or it might not be for you, but the whole point is we're not doing this for you to get lose weight, although that's a uh, serendipity. We're doing this if you suffer from the dreaded curse of apathy, which is you don't care and you don't care to care. And nobody wants to be around an apathetic person, someone who doesn't give a shit. Nobody has time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So change your physiology. Fast for a day. Do it the safe way. Change your life. This is your boy, Keem the Dream. Thanks for tuning in to another episode.